Hello everybody, this is Twitchy Max and you're listening to season two of the family-friendly podcast Expired XP. This season we explore the world of gaming through insider interviews, new and retro game specials, and points of view on industry trends. If you like games, this podcast is for you. This week, we explore the Star Wars update in Fortnite and revisit the controversial but classic Xbox 360 game, Fable 2. Welcome everyone to yet another amazing episode of the Expired XP podcast. Yeah, I might be overselling it a little bit, but I think it's going to be amazing. We've got some really cool stuff we're talking about. Yeah, I'm excited. I am one of the two hosts, Useless Viking NZ, and with me as always... Twitchy Max. In this amazing environment that we've got here that includes lots of animals, and I'm going to kind of apologise for that right now because they're not very well trained and they tend to kind of break in and do their own thing. And they have loud bells around their neck. They do. The cats do. Not all of the animals, but the cats do have loud bells around the necks as well. So if you hear weird noises, it's not me and Richie usually. Sometimes it is. (laughs) Like us speaking. I think the reason why I'm so excited about this episode is you're kind of delved into a retro game that I think is probably one of my favorites. So that's cool. But also we are just past May the 4th. And I won't say the phrase we all know. We all want to say when we hear May the 4th, but I'm just going to say... May the 4th be with you. That. Is that what you mean? Yes, or, that was exactly what I Or the 4th of May. No, the May, May the 4th be with you was okay. what I was thinking about. May the 4th be with you. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it, Richie. But this has had some cool effects in Fortnite. Mm, that, tell me more. I'll tell you more, eh? I'll, I'll give you the Fortnite update. So... It has come and gone, but uh, we are still in the kind of Star Warsy season, which usually lasts for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that gets slightly extended because Obi-Wan, the TV show, launches on the 26th of May. So I'd say either it might be extended this year or it might be at least say a comeback and hopefully some more characters around that time. Mm. So the good news is cool things like the E-11 blaster from Star Wars, the Stormtrooper blaster is in play, lightsabers are in play, uh, which you can block with, slice with, and just be generally cool with. Yeah, I'm very excited about that and I'm a bit disappointed. It's been live for two days and I've not managed to play it yet. <laughs> no, it's been ridiculous. So, eh? so I'm actually going to play it in a little while at Pete's. And yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, we will get in there. And, and look, the skins are good, a little bit underwhelmed that there are no new ones, but they've gone for Ray, they've gone for Finn, they've gone for Kylo Ren, they've gone for Original Stormtrooper, they've gone for Sith Trooper, Boba Fett, the uh, Black Chrysanthemum or whatever his name is that I can never pronounce, uh, and Finn. Yeah. And those are basically the characters. We've talked about the ones we'd like to see. You've said things like C-3PO, which would completely go yeah. against his code, but would be cracker up. Oh, I um, love that. And Jar Jar Binks would be great as well. I mean, Marcus... I don't know. I like. I want to be on the other team of Marcus when Marcus is Jar Jar Binks. That's all I can say. <laughs> but I dress up as Fabio Sparklemane. This is quite true. a lot of the time. So I think, and that's in real life, not necessarily. No, exactly. That's not on Fortnite. That's so just. I'm I'm down with C3PO. Yeah, I? C3PO, and there are other, a few others like that that we kind of keep circling around that would be really cool. Obi Wan would be an absolute. Mm. giant mistake if they don't launch on the 26th of May so I assume we'll see that can you imagine if they did Darth Vader yeah I mean that would be crazy see I mean I don't actually know how I'd feel about seeing him come running towards me because I know in Battlefront it scares the crap out of me and I kind (laughs) of just want to run the other way so there's definitely some characters in Fortnite that do that I'm excited though I I think it's been cool we've we've had a few other people added to the team to our Mm. roster 
So we've got James and Adam who have just joined our group. So I think we're up at like a motley crew of six or seven now. It's more than that, isn't it? Yeah, it could be. It could be like eight. Yeah. All jokes aside, I think it's really cool that we've got this little cool group of people who actually play this game, love paying each other out. And it's all about having a good time for us. We don't take it seriously, but it is really cool. And it was great hearing Jay talk about it. So if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, we talked to Jay who worked at Epic and uh, could tell us more about Fortnite and the production and stuff. Great listen to, to get into and understand more about what the whys of Fortnite and why it ended up being the game that it is today. It's an, quite an amazing story, actually. Talking about amazing stories. Should we talk about this week's game? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to set the scene for everyone. The year is 2008. What happened in 2008? of note. Let's think about that. This game came out. So this game came out, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the global financial crisis began with Lehman Ooh. Brothers and all that great shenanigans which completely screwed up millennials' chances of ever buying a house and all that stuff. So that happened. Mhm. There was the Beijing Olympics. Cool. Yeah, which is the one before the London Olympics. Yeah, a little bit so communist, that but that was cool. fine. Yeah, yeah, all those people with those drums. Yeah. Drumming away. Yeah. From a pop culture point of view there were some classic films what was the biggest film that came out that year oh, 2008 yeah i so it's almost like again it's one of those so 14 years ago or whatever so yeah. 40 years ago big movie you'll, you'll kick yourself if you don't get it oh will it, i that's your clue yeah oh no um i don't know is it a harry potter film or something no. lord of the rings no i don't know the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. The Dark Knight. My the favorite. best Batman. The best Batman. Richie isn't wrong, and I should kick myself because I do love Batman. 2008, wow. Yeah. Such a, a long, long time ago. It is, yeah. Still stands years. a test of time, man. Good, yeah. Great movie today. Cracking movie. There's another cracking movie that came out that year. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough, he is now the Batman in, yeah. the, in, the, in the latest Batman movie. I know. So. If, you were, if this was sent into the past this podcast you yeah. wouldn't believe it no there's no way there's you would no take Robert Pattinson and go he's going to be the next Batman yeah. after, or he wasn't the next, next Batman Bob but the one. current one yeah yeah wow. that would be funny that's so funny but there was another film as well it was even better than oh, Twilight wow. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull I mean I think I might have thrown up a little bit in my mouth as you said that yeah yeah. I, I can't I found it hard to say I struggle to find the parts of that movie that we even remotely enjoyable. Okay. I could not mention them. Did you see? Have you seen it? I've Did seen it. it. I quite like the soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say, really. Uh, I like his fedora yeah, or whatever, his, fedora, his, his yeah. hat. So, from a music point of view, the largest selling song was by Flo Rider, Low. Oh, no. No, no real passion. 2008, what's going on? Uh, followed by next biggest star, selling star, Leona Lewis. No. Again, not that exciting. Alicia Keys was big then. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Lil Wayne, Timberland. Most importantly, though, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. I thought, you were, I thought you were just sharing information. I was like, wow, 2008 and Richie Kissed a Girl. Yeah, I would have thought. Did you like I it? Would've. I did like it. Yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. The taste of the cherry chapstick. Yeah. It's good. So a bit of Katy Perry, which was pretty awesome. And also Rihanna, Don't Stop the Music. Yeah. So Rihanna was starting to become a big star there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is pretty cool. So that was the kind of context. Now, this is an Xbox game. And because it was an Xbox game, and at that point I had PlayStations, I hadn't played it at all. Did you hear about it? Uh, no. 
Mm. Not even heard about it. Not even got an inkling of it, really, mm. which is quite strange. Mm. But what we're talking about, the game's called Fable 2 <sighs> by Peter Molyneux. Yeah, so good. And that game was Game of the Year, I think. Yeah, correct. By several... It game, game of the Year award from several different outlets. Yeah. Yep. And if you look on IGN, it's got 8.8 .8 out of 10. Yeah. And it's got 8.1 on IMDb. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a good solid game now the only reason that i've played it is because of our christmas special yes and chris was talking about it and it got me intrigued and i saw it on xbox game pass so i downloaded it and i've played it and i played it end to end completed it as a modern human ish in 2022 yeah so i played the whole thing in retro xbox 360 mode that's the context and that's the game that we're going to talk about today and look, you set it up brilliantly. And I think what, the reason why I kind of said you had no inkling of it and what, why that interested me is obviously the controversy that was Fable, the first game, and Peter mm. Molyneux. And I'm actually surprised it got a second game in some ways. Obviously, the first one sold well, but absolutely underwhelmed when it came to performance. And the reason why was quite simple. They kind of boiled it down to saying Fable, if Peter Molyneux had learned how to shut up, would have been well received but the problem was he completely did this myth spinning this marketing pitch of what the game would be specifically calling out functionality that never ever turned up mm. for the first fable game and some of the stuff was that he kind of promised that he was going to do was simple things like female playable characters there was going to be kind of a, a quest system in which tasks could be stolen by other mps's uh, NPCs, sorry. So an NPC could kind of take a quest away from you and then mm. that would create a rivalry between you and the NPC who took right. your quest. Okay. It, they, he basically used the analogy of being able to plant an acorn and during the, the time of the game, you'd see it grow up and become a tree, mm. which is a very powerful analogy of how he saw the persistent world in the game. Mm. Never happened. There was meant to be a revenge system where the sons of those you had killed would grow up and then train and then become nemesises and try to kill you. There was this concept of uh, you, if you died, your children, you'd then play as your children, mm. continuing your legacy with the mission of then destroying the people who killed you, real-time aging, the ability to marry and have children. Real-time so aging, though. That sounds like an yeah. appallingly bad idea. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It sounds terrible. Like, including death that could be due to natural causes and stuff. Like, right. you could literally have a heart attack in the game. I mean, and the, I think the biggest oversell was he literally said it's going to be the best rpg ever okay and and he was a great salesman right a mm. great marketer but when it came out none of that stuff that i just read happened in in, in fable one mm. some of it you will have noticed now that i've said to you happened in fable two yeah one thing at least <laughs> that was the premise of mm. going into fable two which is why it's so impressive to me that fable two did what it did and that yeah. it even got there yeah but i mean i'm extremely keen to hear now your impressions from obviously hearing Chris talk about it to you playing it, going mm. through it, how it stands up. It's amazing that you, you know, you clearly got through it all the way to the end. Mm. So very keen to hear about your journey yeah, in the fable world. Sticky. It was quite sticky. Now, I didn't know any of this backstory and I didn't know of the overselling or of the contents of the game. So I was expecting a reasonably basic game of its time in 2008. So again, it's a it's a 3D, full-on 3D. They call it an open world, but it's not really an open world. No. You can't go absolutely everywhere. 
It's no Breath of the Wild. Let me put that out there. Yeah, okay. Okay. So... Marcus. <laughs> one of the things that really surprised me, and I only learned it when I was in the game, is the importance of the first level. So you start the first level, and it feels like the tutorial level of a game where it teaches you how to play the game, and it is. And there's some basic quests that you need to do. You're this little boy living on the streets with your sister, and you're trying to get some money together to buy a magic box. And you're given quests by the sheriff and by various other people around the place. And you go off and you do these quests, and they're really easy, and it teaches you the mechanics of the game. And before you hand in the quests, like these gangsters come up to you and they offer you the same amount of gold for what you've been given, uh, what you've uh, acquired, which is a whole load of warrants for people's arrests. So you can give them to the sheriff or you can give them to the bad guys. Now, I didn't think anything about this and I just said, no thanks, I'm going to give it to the sheriff. So I gave it to the sheriff. Fast forward, quite a few things happen, and I'm not going to go into the details of how they happen. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who wants who to play it. Who hasn't played it 14 years on. Yeah. 14 years on. Well, it's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, yeah, true. There might be people yeah, playing like it right you. now. Um, so you fast forward 20 years, and it, if you'd chosen to give the warrants to the sheriff, the world that you're in and the town that you're in is a nice, happy town, good economy, nice, friendly place. But if you'd have given it to the gangsters history would have massively changed and it's mm. supposed to be a really horrible town. Now I gave it to the to the good guys so for me the town was quite good and I only learned that later on. Mm. I really didn't get um, an idea of the good quests versus the bad quests and how that impacted you until I'd done a couple of bad quests by accident and had some really tough choices I had to make and realized that things were going to go badly and I needed to start thinking about practically what I wanted to do from a quest point of view because in all the other games I've played I was a completionist I wanted to do all the quests yeah well it's not a good idea to do that in Fable because it changes the outcomes yeah if you carry on working on the bad quests you start to get ugly you start to grow horns like a devil I mean ugly in some people's minds and yeah, beautiful yeah. in others some people like horns right? yeah some people have the horn for a horn yeah that's okay true the way the reason I found out found out that there was this one quest where I had to get revenge on us uh, for a ghost on his fiance who ran off with someone else and I did that quest just think I thought it was a bit weird quest but I did it and then I was given the choice of either breaking her heart because um, I had to make her fall in love with me, which is another tutorial in the game, break her heart or um, marry her. I chose to break her heart because I didn't want to get married at that point in the game. And then she she runs off and your evil quota goes up. And I was like, oh my goodness, I did not mean for that to happen. Uh, it was really quite shocking. And there are these tough moments in the game where you're in this situation and you think, oh, well, there's no good choice here. I don't know what to do. And that was quite... I, it felt quite unique for a game that, that is that old. There's a lot of games now that don't do that. Well, we actually, there is actually kind of a little bit of a claim, which is that Fable and Fable 2 was what made choice selection between good and evil mainstream in gaming. So mm. basically, it is they are the games that made other studios implement that yeah. in, in better and worse ways. Yeah. But one of the things I think that you've just touched on, which was unique, was 
there wasn't a very clear path. I feel in, in games these days, they almost make it so easy to know whether or not it's going to be a good or bad decision mm. that it's almost pointless. And the more interesting questions are the ones where you where it's really hard to see what the consequence might be. Mm. You don't know necessarily what it means for how it's going to play out, which is more like real life. And I think that was Peter Molyneux's point was that he wanted it to be more lifelike, that life doesn't always play the, th- the way you think, and it can surprise you. Mm. I'm not saying that there aren't very obvious bad questions, obvious good questions in Fable 2, because there are. But I think there was more of a nuance. And to your point, even that early one where it's like you have no idea the impact that's going to have. And it's the same with these kind of trading outposts, I think, that they're around the place. You can go in and slaughter them. And if you do, they don't exist. But if you do, they become like burgeoning towns and Mm. all little like centers. So there are these things you can do. And if you fast forward to Ghost of Tsushima... You've got the ghost and the samurai path. Yeah. And you've got the towns that you recover from the Mongols yeah. and the Japanese people move yeah. back in. But you, you can see Similar. that in, the inspiration coming through. Yeah. Which was really quite cool. The, there are some other things in there as well which were fun, like you can get married, you can seduce people, you can fart at people to make them laugh. But there's a risk if you do that, you might follow through and they'll find you disgusting. That, that was a great fun mechanic, but yeah, you, can, that. you can seduce different people. There's some adult themes as well, which I won't go into. Don't let your kids play the game. But it's, it, it's quite interesting. You can also buy houses. So most of the buildings in the game you can buy. And you can decide to evict the people who live there and put in a high rent. You can buy all the food stalls in a town and set the food prices really high. And that turns your evil meter more evil, but gives you more money, mm. which is quite interesting. You've got magic and you've got weapons, but that's not really a, a driver of the game, really. No, they feel quite incidental, and you can. It's not a hard game. You can just you can just do it, really. It's mm. more a story based game, which is pretty cool. Some of the other great things is the voice acting. So it's got some yeah. really great actors in it. So it's, it's got Stephen Fry, Zoe Wanamaker. She's got a big role in it. Ron Glass, James Corden's in it. Oh yeah. Couldn't this was 2008, so he really this no. was Gavin and Stacey time. He yeah, yeah. A massive superstar. So I don't. I I was listening out trying to work out who he was voicing, but I couldn't quite figure it out. But yeah, it's got some great voice actors. It's a little bit oldie worldie English hammy. You know, it's a bit. I hundred percent agree. They're they're, they're very yeah. Yorkshire accents and stuff yeah. going on. I think or like Devon. Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. If it was Devon, it would be all right. But yeah, Birmingham, true. it's like they they picked the worst sounding peasant accent in England and use that one. But they're the funniest, so I can't blame them. They are funny. The choices feel like they matter because they do. There are some good sub-stories. The main story is really good. It's it's a classic revenge piece. Yeah. That's all all you really need to know. I guess the, the only things that I feel they could have done a bit better was the game does feel short. Yeah. I completed it in a week. And it wasn't a week that I had off. I was working. I think it took me about eight hours, something yeah. like that, in the evenings at the weekends. And when you're running around, the graphics are a bit blurry, hmm. which was a strange choice, I think, to make everything blurry when you're running around. But it is a beautiful game. Hmm. It, by no means is it the standard of the last generation, never mind this current generation, because it was the one before. But the graphics have aged pretty well, and mm. the, the cartoon graphics are, are pretty good. Well, they must have, because yeah. you, you're very... You're a fashionado when it comes to... You're like a... I've used that word before, and I think I've used it incorrectly, but you are somebody who really likes your graphics to I like be... I beauty. Beautiful. Yeah. 
and uh, so you playing through a game that was actually delivered on the Xbox 360 is quite impressive. Mm. It was always criticised for being short, by the way. So that's not yeah, just you okay. feeling that. It's, yeah. it's it was a criticism at the time that it felt like there could have been another five six hours easily. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll be able to talk to someone who who actually worked for Lionhead Studios at some stage and, and ask them some questions about it. Or I mean, yeah. they, it doesn't exist as it as it did anymore. Um, but there are definitely people out there who who would have been on the dev team. Will be fascinating to talk to them about what was going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. And actually, when we started talking about the weapons, it's interesting. There was another thing that he said that would happen that didn't happen. And that is uh, that your weapon, if you used it uh, as you used it, and you, it grew in strength, would become like famous mm. and the people would know that that weapon was like oh my god he's got the you know i don't know dragon breath sword mm. or whatever and that that kind of became a legend along with you for the first game and that was also something that didn't get delivered upon and that, that it would physically change in appearance mm. alongside you as well so it was like he made it sound like your weapon was going to be very unique to just your gameplay and you. Right. And that nobody else who played Fable would have the same kind of weapon that yeah, you did. which is nonsense. Yeah. So it yeah. was it was a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, what's also fascinating, and I don't know if you know this, but there is a new Fable game coming out. Is there? Yes. Because I've downloaded and I've played Fable 3 a little bit. Mm. I downloaded Fable 1 and I couldn't get past the tutorial because the no. voices of the kids are so annoying. So I just parked that and went straight to Fable 3. That's got a really good start, I think. You've mm -hmm. got a really hard decision to make at the start. I pressed the wrong button and the wrong thing happened, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is annoying because <laughs> um, you have to sacrifice two different people. And I sacrificed the wrong one because I pressed the wrong button. Crack up. Um, which You're going to replay it? Funny. No, I'm just going to commit. That's real life, right? That's what yeah, happens yeah. in life. Yeah. You know, you, you, make, you yeah. make casual mistakes can have repercussions so i'm yeah. gonna go with it with the spirit of the game good man yeah yeah but, so um, i think it's next year it's ne it's not far away fable next yeah, year. There's, and there's is it is it trailer. peter molyneux no i mean he's long gone yeah. i think he took a stint in ea i don't actually know if he's still there but that kind of says a bit i guess mm. I, look he i mean he's always been somebody who is a marketer more than anything in the gaming mm. world i don't actually know he he kind i think he also kind of had that he might, I can't remember the history if he actually was a game developer in the beginning, but I think he almost was that person that I always thought I would be in gaming world who just comes up with random ideas of what would be fun, like a creative mm. director more than anything. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's all they do, by the way, because I appreciate the fact that <laughs> there, there's a lot of work done. But I think that if he would have spent as much time doing his actual creative director as he would have been out there spending, spending stories yeah. about... It was more of what he thought a game should be than mm. what, what Fable was ever going to be. Yeah. And I think that was the problem. And it became its downfall for the mm. first one. But it is quite amazing. It did get two follow-ups and now it's getting a reboot. Yeah. And you could... The technology that is there now to do all yeah. the things that you've said really well. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of, I think that's the hope. So a lot of people, there's very little information. I will, after this, I'll show you the teaser trailer because it's okay. just a, a kind of a glimpsy, jokey mm. kind of trailer, very much in the spirit of Fable because Fable also is a bit tongue-in-cheek. It is, yeah. Um, and I think you would have noticed that as you played, like two point, even just the accents, I think are meant to be a bit tongue-in-cheek, not mm. that serious. So I'll show you that, but that's, I think it's a year or two from now that the new Fable game is coming out as well. Okay, that's exciting. I was thinking, playing the game felt a bit Game of Thrones in that you were given hard choices and terrible things could happen mm. at any moment that would completely change the arc of the game. Mm. And that 
I'm surprised they haven't brought out a decent MMORPG for Game of Thrones and the Game of Thrones world. That would be like Fable. If they did a good job of that, that would be very, very cool. You're right. And that actually brings me to my last point that I had, and I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that it's a multiplayer game and you can play co-op? In Fable 2? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I and and I, mm. I, did, I remember playing it with a mate. I mean, sadly enough, mm. it's a bit like Elden Scrolls. I, so I, you play mm. as a thug and you can't bring in, you can't import your character into the other person's game. Right, okay. So you are very much there, the, for there for them, which is a bit of a shame. It would be very interesting to see if they do a proper, co- a proper co-op in the yeah. next Fable. Yeah. Or if it was MMORPG, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you imagine the complexity of working out? Yeah, well, I'm, my head is. It would be great. As you said that, my my brain was kind of going. I can't <laughs> see how that would work. Quantum but, computing's coming. But it I'll be could happen. To be fair though, I would be happy with it just being a super cool, way longer story, compelling yeah. single player, maybe co-op. Mm. Co-op. I would love it if it was two player. Yeah, I just think uh, it needs a renaissance. The two player, kind of gaming environment. I get that we've moved from couch co-op a bit. Mm. That's fine. But just co-op storyline. Let's yeah. go for it. Yeah, definitely. So how many twitchy trophies out of 10? Oh, out of 10, I think I would give it... I would give it 7. That's a I, decent score. Yeah, I wouldn't give... Uh, not, a not a 7.5? Strong, not a strong 7, a, a mid 7. I, okay. I wouldn't give it... It's nowhere near 8. Okay. But it's much better than 6. Yeah. Hence... The seven? The seven. <laughs> I mean, uh, thank you for explaining to us how ratings work. Yeah. That was very valuable to me and I'm sure all the listeners as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I have to explain these things to you. You're yeah. pretty useless. Ah, you? Absolutely. Am I ever. So, Fortnite update. Star Wars is happening. We've got a great team of people. Fable 2 run through. Didn't know it was the same year as The Dark Knight and Twilight, which couldn't be more of a contrast. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> Got a, se- a, a, a super. Is it a stable seven rating? You feel? You feel like you're. Is it a yeah, six point five? Is it a stable seven? Okay, stable seven. seven. We just is a seven. I would probably say Fable Two because I also replayed it, but it was about a year or two ago. I think that you're right. I think it's a seven for me as well, mm. partly because of the length of it yep. and just a few mechanics and stuff that aren't a hundred percent. But you can just see how what it was trying to do as well, and I and I, I yeah, wish you it could. Figure it. You can yeah, you, it. yeah, you can forgive it. I'll be very keen to hear how you feel about Fable 3 once you've played it as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that's us. I mean, we, we've got some cool episodes coming up. We've got a stack of people that we've still got to talk to in the game industry, yeah. which is really exciting to me. We won't tease too much about that, but I think keep on listening and you're in for uh, some really good treats over the coming weeks. Yeah. Next episode, we're talking Star Wars. Yes. The history of Star Wars games. Yes. I remember playing the trench run on my Commodore 64. Same. In lines. Same. Yeah, no. Vector graphics. Yeah, vector graphics. Absolutely fantastic. So that was the beginning of Star Wars games for me, and then we're going to go all the way through the classics to the latest game, which was the Star Wars... Fallen... Fallen Order. Fallen Jedi? Yeah. Order Jedi Fallen. Fallen Order Jedi Fallen. can't even remember because it was that rubbish. I found it that rubbish. It's really yeah. funny. This is going to be a, so it could be a slightly controversial um, one. This one because as much as everybody else seems to absolutely love that game, I fundamentally hated it. So yeah. uh, let's let's uh, let's have that conversation. Yeah. All right. Next time. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast platform. 
Our next episode is going to be an exploration of the light and dark side of Star Wars games. From Commodore 64 Death Star Trenches to the Battlefront series. See you next time. Hello everyone. I've just left Pete's. We've just recorded our Fable 2 episode and we had a few games of Fortnite with the squad straight after. I just wanted to let this know about the lightsabers. The lightsabers are just great. Melee is amazing. It's just good fun. You feel like a Jedi. It's got all the classic moves. You can have Kylo Ren's, you can have Luke Skywalker's, you can have Obi-Wan's, Mace Windu's. It's absolutely fantastic fun. And you can actually eliminate people quite quickly with them. And they'll only take about three quarters of your shield off you. So they're just an amazingly OP, <laughs> OP weapon. And you can block as well, so you can block shots, which is great. Oh, so we just had a few Vic Royales, lots of limbs with lightsabers. Great evening. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that. See you soon, everyone.